We're so glad you're here this morning. As Denise mentioned, we're starting a series this week that'll go through the next four weeks and uh, leading up to Christmas. And then uh, some have asked and just want you to know we will be having a Christmas Eve service uh, as well as Christmas morning. And so you can check out the website for information on those things, but we will be gathering here uh, together on both of those days. We won't have a Bible study on Sunday morning, Christmas, but we will have a service that day. And we hope that you can join us. Bring your family. We promise not to keep you too long. Uh, but I think it's uh, a good time to, to worship the Lord on the day we celebrate his birth, right? So we might as well get together and do that. But we're going to uh, be starting this series here, and we're going to be celebrating Advent, and we're going to be looking at peace, joy, hope, and love over the next four weeks. And Denise also mentioned that Advent is the anticipation of the arrival of Christ. And for those in the Bible, the Israelites here, we know that they were anticipating the arrival of the Messiah, the one foretold by the prophets. And we see that in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. It says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. For the increase of his government and the peace will be, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of the host will do this. This is what they were anticipating. The arrival of a Messiah that would set things right. We're similar, in a similar situation uh, to that of Israel at the end of the Old Testament. They were in exile. They were waiting. They were hoping. And they were praying for the coming of the Messiah. Israel looked back at God's goodness to them and leading them out of Egypt in the Exodus, and they called to God to come again, to come and act on their behalf. Folks, in the same way, the church, us, here today, during Advent, we look back at Christ's birth, and we celebrate. We celebrate what he's done in his coming. And at the same time, we look forward in an anticipation to the coming of Christ's kingdom when he returns for his people and we wait and we hope and we pray. For us, we are anticipating the return of Christ, our Savior. We hear about this return in Revelation 21, one through five. It says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth and for the first heaven and the First earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they with his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated at the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Folks, this is what we anticipate. This is what we look forward to during Advent, the coming of our Savior to make things right. In the coming weeks, we're going to discuss peace and joy and hope and love that Christ brought to the world in his birth, in his life, his death, and his resurrection. 
but we long for the fullness of the restoration of these things, peace, joy, hope, and love, when he comes again. We long for this day. Let's pray together before we get started. God, thank you so much for your coming to this world as a baby. And God, we thank you for all that you've done for us to bring peace and joy and hope and love. But we know that things are still not right. But there'll come a day where you come again and all things will be made new. God, we anticipate the day. We long for that day. God, help us to seek your face during this time, to glorify your name, to desire to be closer to you and be more like you in the days ahead. God, I pray for the churches of our community right now as they as well talk about this season. God, I pray that all the focus, every message preached in this community, in our area, and around the world would be focused on Jesus Christ, the one who brings peace. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, as we start this Advent series, we want to start with a look at peace today. And I want to tell you a story. I heard about these men in Florida, and uh, they decided their wives were going Christmas shopping, and they decided instead of going with their wives, they would go sailing. And so they got in their boat, and they went out into the water, and they're sailing for a time, and, and suddenly a storm comes up, and it's a horrible storm. The wind's blowing, waves are crashing them around. The boat's almost tipped over. They've lost all their gear into the ocean. And they're fighting for their lives, trying to survive during this storm as the wind just buffets them over and over and over again. And finally, they run into a sandbar. And they're stuck on this sandbar, but the storm has not stopped. The wind continues to blow, continues to push against them and, and tip the boat. And they struggle. They finally get out of the boat. They're standing knee-deep in sand. The waves are crashing over them. The wind is blowing them. Their boat is about to be destroyed. And, and one man looks over to the other man, and over the roar of this storm, he says this. He says, at least we're not Christmas shopping. <laughs> Listen, sometimes people have a different perspective on what peace is, right? A little different perspective. And I want us to take a look today at what peace really is. So for some of us, when we think about peace, we think about these things. We think about a lack of hostility or struggle or strife. If I said to you today, picture in your mind peace. For me, it would look like a mountain lake. Pure glass water, no ripples, no waves. Only the reflection of trees and mountains feels like peace to me, right? I don't know what the picture is in your mind today. It might be this, no war. It might be no struggle. It might be peace in your family. It might be peace between your children. Good luck with that. At least until their 20s. <laughs> it might be peace at work. Because those are natural things for us to desire peace to be a part of. Those are natural things that we want to experience because the lack of peace in those areas bring these things, wars, divorce, disagreements, division. When peace is absent, things are not right. Now the peace that we see in the Bible 
certainly addresses these things. Certainly addresses peace between nations and peace in families and peace with our kids and peace at work. It certainly addresses those things, but it goes much, much deeper than that. The words from, for peace in the Hebrew, shalom, and in Greek, erene, both do more than just talk about calm. They speak more to this, wholeness, completeness, having no deficiency or lack, wellness. That's what peace is in our scripture. It's not just a lack of arguing, but it's a deep sense of wholeness and completeness. This peace, folks, this is the way things were supposed to be. This peace that the scripture talks about, this is the way that things were designed. In creation, God, man, and the world were at peace, whole, complete, well. But something happened. If that's the way it's supposed to be, why aren't they that way? Because we know they're not. Why aren't they that way? What happened? Well, we know this. In the garden, sin destroyed peace. Sin fractured our relationship with God and it fractured all of creation. Sin destroyed peace. The Israelites felt this fracture. They lived their lives in this struggle, in this pain of this distance between them and God and all their struggle to regain that relationship. They understood and felt this fracture, this brokenness. And folks, we feel it too. We feel it too. Things are not right. They're not right. Listen, the only hope for restored peace was and is the Messiah, Jesus. He's the only hope for restored peace. And he's already started his work. Thankfully, he's already at work restoring peace. And I want us to consider today some ways that Jesus has, is, and will restore peace. Because as we consider Advent, we, re we are reminded of things that have already happened, things that are happening now, and things that will happen in the future. So I want us to see how Jesus is at work restoring peace. The first thing that I want you to see here is that when Jesus came, he brought peace with God. Sin fractured our relationship with God. It divided us from him, separated us from him. Those who were waiting on the Messiah longed for peace and had faith that it would be found in him. When God first sent the angel Gabriel to Mary, we heard this just a few minutes ago, Whitley read from Luke chapter 1, 26 through 30. Just a reminder, it said, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what type of greeting this was. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Mary was troubled by these angels' greeting, but the angel spoke the words of peace and assurance to her, telling her that she shouldn't be afraid, but she had found favor. So some of us may ask, how, why? Why did Mary find favor 
with God. Was it because she was sinless? No. Was it because she had done more than any other person had done? No. The only way that Mary found favor is the same way any of us find favor with God. She had faith. She had faith in God and his promise of a Messiah that was to come. Like many, many of the Old Testament believers before her, she had faith in Christ before Christ even came to this world. She believed and trusted in God, and now God had chosen her to be a vessel through which his son would come. We also see that God sent the angel to Joseph, and we heard this a moment ago, and Mary's husband-to-be, and the angel told Joseph in Matthew 1.21 that she, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you will give his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. The name Jesus actually means Lord of salvation. Jesus was sent here, the promised Savior, to bring us peace with God by saving us from our sin. How did Jesus do this? Was it because he was born in a manger that he's able to save us? Was it because he lived a perfect life? Here's how Jesus accomplished this. And this is the beauty, the gospel that we proclaim. God sent his own son to be born in a manger. He sent him to die on a cross so that your sin and my sin could be forgiven. And because of what he did on the cross, we can have peace with God. Listen, Isaiah 53 verse 5 says this, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Romans 5.1 also says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, folks, this offer of peace with God, it's already come. It's here. You want to experience peace this Christmas, peace with God? Then have faith in Christ. Trust in him. If you're seeking peace in any other way, you will not find it. It's not there. It comes through him. Do you know what it is to have peace with God? If not, I would encourage you today to have a conversation with somebody. I would encourage you today to talk to one of us after the service or go to our welcome center out in the back. We would love to talk to you about what Jesus has done in his coming, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection for you to bring peace with God. David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of the host will do this. This is what they were anticipating, the arrival of a Messiah that would set things right. We're similar, in a similar situation uh, to that of Israel at the end of the Old Testament. They were in exile, they were waiting, they were hoping, and they were praying for the coming of the Messiah. Israel looked back at God's goodness to them in leading them out of Egypt in the Exodus, and they called to God to come again, to come and act on their behalf. Folks, in the same way, the church, us, here today, during Advent, we look back at Christ's birth and we celebrate. We celebrate what he's done in his coming. 
And at the same time, we look forward in an anticipation to the coming of Christ's kingdom when he returns for his people and we wait and we hope and we pray. For us, we are anticipating the return of Christ, our Savior. We hear about this return in Revelation 21, 1 through 5. It says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they with his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated at the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Folks, this is what we anticipate. This is what we look forward to during Advent, the coming of our Savior to make things right. In the coming weeks, we're going to discuss peace and joy and hope and love that Christ brought to the world in his birth, in his life, his death, and his resurrection. But we long for the fullness of the restoration of these things, peace, joy, hope, and love, when he comes again. We long for this day. Let's pray together before we get started. God, thank you so much for your coming to this world as a baby. And God, we thank you for all that you've done for us to bring peace and joy and hope and love. But we know that things are still not right. But there'll come a day where you come again and all things will be made new. God, we anticipate the day. We long for that day. God, help us to seek your face during this time, to glorify your name, to desire to be closer to you and be more like you in the days ahead. God, I pray for the churches of our community right now as they as well talk about this season. God, I pray that all the focus, every message preached in this community, in our area and around the world would be focused on Jesus Christ, the one who brings peace. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, as we start this Advent series, we want to start with a look at peace today. And I want to tell you a story. I heard about these men in Florida, and uh, they decided their wives were going Christmas shopping, and they decided instead of going with their wives, they would go sailing. And so they got in their boat, and they went out into the water, and they're sailing for a time, and, and suddenly a storm comes up, and it's a horrible storm. The wind's blowing, waves are crashing them around. The boat's almost tipped over. They've lost all their gear into the ocean and they're fighting for their lives, trying to survive during this storm as the wind just buffets them over and over and over again. And finally, they run into a sandbar and they're stuck on this sandbar, but the storm has not stopped. The wind continues to blow, continues to push against them and, and tip the boat and they struggle. They finally get out of the boat. They're standing knee deep in sand. The waves are crashing over them. The wind is blowing them. Their boat is about to be destroyed. And, and one man looks over to the other man and over the roar of this storm, he says this. He says, at least we're not Christmas shopping. 
Listen, sometimes people have a different perspective on what peace is, right? A little different perspective. And I want us to take a look today at what peace really is. So for some of us, when we think about peace, we think about these things. We think about a lack of hostility or struggle or strife. If I said to you today, picture in your mind peace. For me, it would look like a mountain lake. Pure glass water, no ripples, no waves. Only the reflection of trees and mountains feels like peace to me, right? I don't know what the picture is in your mind today. It might be this, no war. It might be no struggle. It might be peace in your family. It might be peace between your children. Good luck with that. At least until their 20s. (laughs) It might be peace at work. Because those are natural things for us to desire peace to be a part of. Those are natural things that we want to experience because the lack of peace in those areas bring these things, wars, divorce, disagreements, division. When peace is absent, things are not right. Now the peace that we see in the Bible certainly addresses these things, certainly addresses peace between nations and peace in families and peace with our kids and peace at work. It certainly addresses those things, but it goes much, much deeper than that. The words from, for peace in the Hebrew, shalom, and in Greek, erene, both do more than just talk about calm. They speak more to this, wholeness, completeness, having no deficiency or lack, wellness. That's what peace is in our scripture. It's not just a lack of arguing, but it's a deep sense of wholeness and completeness. This peace, folks, this is the way things were supposed to be. This peace that the scripture talks about, this is the way that things were designed. In creation, God, man, and the world were at peace, whole, complete, well. But something happened. If that's the way it's supposed to be, why aren't they that way? Because we know they're not. Why aren't they that way? What happened? Well, we know this. In the garden, sin destroyed peace. Sin fractured our relationship with God and it fractured all of creation. Sin destroyed peace. The Israelites felt this fracture. They lived their lives in this struggle, in this pain of this distance between them and God and all their struggle to regain that relationship. They understood and felt this fracture, this brokenness and folks, we feel it too. We feel it too. Things are not right. They're not right. Listen, the only hope for restored peace was and is the Messiah, Jesus. He's the only hope for restored peace. And he's already started his work. Thankfully, he's already at work restoring peace. And I want us to consider today some ways that Jesus has 
is and will restore peace. Because as we consider Advent, we, re- we are reminded of things that have already happened, things that are happening now, and things that will happen in the future. So I want us to see how Jesus is at work restoring peace. The first thing that I want you to see here is that when Jesus came, he brought peace with God. Sin fractured our relationship with God. It divided us from him, separated us from him. Those who were waiting on the Messiah longed for peace and had faith that it would be found in him. When God first sent the angel Gabriel to Mary, we heard this just a few minutes ago, Whitley read from Luke chapter 1, 26 through 30. Just a reminder, it said, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what type of greeting this was. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Mary was troubled by these angels greeting, but the angel spoke the words of peace and assurance to her, telling her that she shouldn't be afraid, but she had found favor. So some of us may ask, how, why? Why did Mary find favor with God? Was it because she was sinless? Was it because she had done more than any other person had done? No. The only way that Mary found favor is the same way any of us find favor with God. She had faith. She had faith in God and his promise of a Messiah that was to come. Like many, many of the Old Testament believers before her, she had faith in Christ before Christ even came to this world. She believed and trusted in God. And now God had chosen her to be a vessel through which his son would come. We also see that God sent the angel to Joseph. And we heard this a moment ago and Mary's husband-to-be. And the angel told Joseph in Matthew 1:21 that she, Mary, will give birth to a son. And you will give his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. The name Jesus actually means Lord of salvation. Jesus was sent here, the promised Savior, to bring us peace with God by saving us from our sin. How did Jesus do this? Was it because he was born in a manger that he's able to save us? Was it because he lived a perfect life? Here's how Jesus accomplished this. And this is the beauty, the gospel that we proclaim. God sent his own son to be born in a manger. He sent him to die on a cross so that your sin and my sin could be forgiven. And because of what he did on the cross, we can have peace with God. Listen, Isaiah 53 verse 5 says this, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. Romans 5.1 also says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen folks, this offer of peace with God, it's already come, it's here. You wanna experience peace this Christmas, peace with God? then have faith in Christ. Trust in him. If you're seeking 
peace in any other way, you will not find it. It's not there. It comes through him. Do you know what it is to have peace with God? If not, I would encourage you today to have a conversation with somebody. I would encourage you today to talk to one of us after the service or go to our welcome center out in the back. We would love to talk to you about what Jesus has done in his coming, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection for you to bring peace with God. The second thing that I want you to see is not only does Jesus bring peace with God, but Jesus brings the peace of God to those who trust in him. When we put our faith in Jesus, we don't just receive this peace with God. We receive peace of God to help us through difficult circumstances in life. When we know Christ, everything can be going crazy around us, but we still can be at peace. Have you ever known anybody like this? Have you ever known anybody whose world is crashing down around them, whose sickness or illness or relationships are falling apart and somehow there's peace? It's because Jesus has brought it to them. Listen, Philippians 4 verse 7 tells us this. Rather than being anxious, if we will trust ourselves to the Lord, if we will pray, if we will offer thanksgiving to God, if we will let our requests be made known to God, he tells us that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. This morning, I, I don't assume to know anything about your situation. And you may feel like you're living in a raging storm today. You may feel like things are crumbling all around you. And I don't assume to know or understand that at all, but I do know this, he does. And he's with you. He's your comforter and your protector. This verse in Philippians talks about he will guard our hearts and our minds. The picture here, the idea, guys, is an army. God will provide this peace, an army that will guard our hearts and our minds. He will come and he will strengthen us, even in the midst of the most difficult situations, even when things are going completely bad and the world around us is falling apart. The peace of God can protect our minds and strengthen our hearts so that we can experience his peace. Listen to Jesus' words to his disciples in John chapter 14 and, and chapter 16. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. And in chapter 16, he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Believers, I want to ask you this this morning. We've trusted Christ with our salvation. We've trusted him with our eternity. Do we trust him with our life? with our current circumstances. If we trust Christ, he promises to bring the peace of God to us. The third thing that I want you to see about Jesus and peace is that he's able to bring peace with others. We read in Matthew, the angel coming to Joseph. Joseph was actually considering in verse 19, putting Mary away. We know the story. It says he was an honorable man. He was gonna put her away as to not embarrass her. But Jesus, even before he was born, 
brought peace in the relationship between Mary and Joseph. Do you think any other baby could have done that? Do you think if Mary had been pregnant with any other baby, that peace would have come in their relationship? No, only the Messiah, only Jesus Christ can bring peace in our relationships. If he can do that for them before he's even born, what more can he do for us now? Here's my question. What relationships in your life need Jesus? Where do you need him to intervene, to work, to restore, to heal? You may say, Joel, how can we let Jesus bring peace into our relationships? How does that work? Listen, in Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 15, speaking to us, Paul says, put on then as God's chosen ones, that's us, holy and beloved, put on these things, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful. Do you hear the fruits of the spirit of God living in us, working to bring peace in our relationship with others? Listen to these gifts, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, love. Folks, if we want Jesus to bring peace between us and others, then we have to let the spirit work in us. Jesus can bring that peace. In this season, I want to challenge you. Are you at odds with anyone around you? Are there broken relationships in your family or in people you work with, people that you come in contact with? Are there broken relationships that Jesus can bring peace to? I encourage you to let him do that today. Lastly, I want you to see this. Not only can he bring us peace with God and the peace of God and peace with the people around us, but ultimately, Jesus will bring peace on all the earth. Isaiah 2 verse 4 says this, He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many people. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. And not only that, guys, not just nations not fighting between one another, but it spreads and it goes all the way into nature and the animal kingdom. In Isaiah 11, 6 through 9, the wolf will lie down with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and the little child will lead them, and the cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw with the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child will put his hand in the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Peace, peace will come. It gets even better because the Bible tells us that Jesus won't just bring peace to the earth, but he brings peace to everything. Colossians 1, 19 through 20. It says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him 
and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So this verse here in Colossians chapter 1 brings us all the way back around to the beginning where we started. The reason that Jesus is able to bring peace with God, the peace of God, peace with others, and ultimately peace on earth, all comes back to the cross. A child was born on what we call Christmas. He was born to live and to die on the cross for us. And in that, he was able to bring peace. Without the baby at Christmas, there's no cross. And without the cross, there's no peace. Let me ask you these questions this morning as we wrap up. Do you have peace with God this morning? Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for mine so that we could be forgiven and restored to right relationship with God. If that is not true of you today, then as I said before, please speak to somebody. But if your faith is in Christ, then you are at peace with God. Are you experiencing the peace of God this morning? If your faith is in Christ, then Jesus has not abandoned you. No matter what's going on, no matter where you are, he has not walked away and you can live by his Holy Spirit. He offers you peace. Are you at peace with others this morning? If you have faith in Christ, then he's given you everything you need through his spirit to do your part to live peacefully in relationships with those around you. Do we have peace on earth this morning? No. I wish we did. But we don't have peace on earth yet but we have a promise that that peace is coming and God does not break his promises. This is what Advent's about, folks. We wait, we long, we pray for his coming and ultimately, peace on earth. The angels proclaimed to the shepherds in the first Christmas Eve, they said this, peace on earth, goodwill towards men in Luke 2, 14. These words of promise are still true to us today. As we worship and adore Jesus, our Savior, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this time this morning. And God, we long for peace. Some of us, we just long for peace in our home, in our marriages. God, some of us long for peace in our workplace. Some of us, we look around the world and we're discouraged and we cry out for peace in this world. God, I thank you that today we're reminded that our peace comes from you and that you've already brought the opportunity for us to have peace with God. I pray that today, if there's anybody in this room who doesn't know that peace, that they would be drawn to you. God, in these current days, would you help us to live in your peace, to live at peace with others, and to long for the day of your coming peace. Lord, thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.